0: That's all, my worth and my unworthiness. You know, <clears throat> we are unworthy people, sinners deserving of hell. But in spite of the fact that we were unworthy, Jesus placed a high enough value on us to come and pay the price for our sins and to make us his children. So we have unworthiness in ourselves, but because of what he has done for us, he has made us precious treasures, uh, his precious treasures. All right. <clears throat> Turn with me this morning to the book of Galatians. Ephraim, can you help me this morning? Can you press me through on this book of Galatians? Galatians 5, verse 13 says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Do you know that God has called us to liberty, freedom? That's an amazing, wonderful thing. Uh, it's different than the Old Testament He's called us to liberty He's given us freedom Jesus gave by grace gave us a salvation That we don't deserve And it became ours But Paul says this to us He says Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh Grace is a dangerous thing Some people say because you're going to heaven You can do what you like And then they go and do it Never works out very well for them but he's saying, no, don't do that. Liberty is not something to be abused and for you to use and do what you like. He says, don't use it for an occasion to the, flat, to the flesh, but by love, serve one another. Now, that's where we're going to focus this morning on that little phrase, by love, serve one another. It's deep, it's rich, it's real. But for you and I, it's impossible. We're just not able. It's not in us. We'll talk about that. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. All of the law is fulfilled. That's not saying the rest of it all doesn't matter. What that's saying is, it's all focused into one. And if you can do this, You do the rest. The problem is that we have to be honest with ourselves. We're not able. But you know what? The fact that we weren't able didn't hinder God from making it possible. And as we look at this morning, it's two things. It's our anniversary and it's Mother's Day. And we're going to look at, by love, serve one another. You know, as a church, we've heard testimonies. And wasn't it interesting That in the testimonies and how the church affected people, uh, this thought came up several times. You know, people served me. People cared about me. People reached out to me. You know, the core of what we are as believers is wrapped up in this by love, serve one another. And then it's Mother's Day. You know, nowhere do you find an example of by love serving than you do in a mother. I mean, we all love our mothers. And that's the reason. Because of the way they've loved us and they've taken care of us. And and we watch mothers sacrifice themselves incredibly for their children. It's right that we should honor that. It's right that we should take a day and we should honor that. And listen, by all means, make contact with your mother today if she's living and uh, be a blessing to her on this day. You know, we're human, we fail. Uh, we don't get it all right. and Mothers don't get it all right. But you know what? You've got a lot to thank her for anyway. Make the effort. Make contact with her uh, today. But we're going to look at this passage and we're going to see how it works out and how we can apply it in our lives uh, in a few minutes because I realize our time is short this morning. Father in heaven, would you bless us? Would you just be with us as we look to your word? Lord, would you open it up to our hearts and open our hearts up to it. And oh Lord, may it be that we are blessed as we look into your perfect word. And Lord, may it be that that blessing transfers into our lives and we walk away, Lord, not just hearing, uh, but knowing and living uh, because you're doing a work in hearts and lives. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. First thing is, it is in our nature to be selfish. Did you know that? Of course, you did. Well, you knew, you knew other people around you. It's in their nature to be selfish. I mean, you're, you're different, but uh, it is in all our natures to be selfish. Since the uh, garden, uh, Adam and Eve, uh, they, they, they went from walking with God uh, in loving, uh, sweet harmony with each other and with Him. Uh, then they had this transformation. To, they came to the place where, you know what, Adam is blaming Eve. It was her, it was the woman. It was the woman you gave me, by the way, God. Uh, She's the one that caused the problem. She's the one that caused me to sin. And it's gone downhill ever since. And in our nature, the Bible says this, dwelleth no good thing. In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Now you say, why are you saying that, Pastor? I mean, this is Mother's Day. I want you to come and be cheered up today uh, and be blessed. Here's why I'm saying that. It's important that we know that about ourselves. Because sometimes we think we're better in our flesh than we actually are, and we try and live up to our better opinion of ourselves, and what happens is we get worn out, we get tired, and we get weary because your nature and my nature is to be selfish. Now, children are a wonderful example of this because they don't have the, uh, they, they don't have the sophistication that adults have to actually hide it. Children can actually manifest their selfishness you know what? I'll just lay it out there for you. I remember, I'll, I'll tell a story on myself. I won't use my grandchildren today because they're here. And if I use them, I'll I, be in big trouble, okay? Uh, but um, I remember as a kid, we, we, were supposed, we, we, were, we were going with my dad. My dad was a checker on, a, a, on trains. And we were going with him to Galway for a picnic one Sunday. Right? And it was a big deal for us. I remember vividly that the picnic ba- basket was packed, everything was ready. We were waiting for him to come in. He had been down visiting his, his mom. He was coming back. We were all going down uh, to the train, and um, we were going off for this wonderful, blissful day uh, on the train for a ride, and we we're going to go for a picnic on Salt Hill Beach. And I'm telling you, we had it all made up in our minds. We were living for it, as kids do. Well, we were waiting, and we were waiting. And we were waiting, and we were waiting. And finally, Dad showed up. And Dad showed up with white bandages all over his face and all over uh, <coughs> anything we could see. He, was, he had bandages on, had the, those white ones, the ones that come from the hospital. And he had fallen off his scooter. It was a Vespa scooter that he had. He had fallen off Crooksling Hill. Uh, up near where we live, and he had been taken to the hospital and taken care of and bandaged up. Um, but we kids, when we saw him walking in the door, didn't say, Poor Dad. <laughs> we just realized we weren't going on our picnic. <laughs> and we all began to wail. Because we didn't care about poor dad. (laughs) All we wanted was, we wanted to go on our picnic. Now, here's the thing. You you look at kids, and kids are refreshingly honest in that they actually tell you what's going on. We don't do that as adults, do we? No, we're very much more sophisticated than that. Uh, We hide it. We manipulate. Uh, We try and twist people's arms. We get in a temper. We whine. We whine. We do all kinds of things to get our own way. But you know the problem? The problem is we're selfish. In your nature and in my nature, we're selfish. That's just who we are and what we are. And as I said, I'm not putting that up to you to make you feel bad today. I'm trying to get you to see that so that you can recognize, like Paul said, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Understand, it's no point, there's no point in you thinking you're better than you are. Because you're going to put an impossible burden on yourself. You're not. You're selfish by nature. It's really important that we actually recognize and see that. But I want you to see something else. God has set us free to serve one another, not self. God has set us free to serve one another. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love Serve one another. You see, God didn't leave you in the place where you were. He stepped in. Now, I need to explain this to you. We'll talk about it more as we we go along. Do do you know that God didn't fix your selfishness when you got saved? Because here's what we think. We think, well, I'm a Christian now, I should be better. I'm fixed. I'm not selfish anymore. I'm nice. Here's what Jesus said Jesus said, listen, if you walk with me, my power in you will overcome your selfishness, but it's walking with Him. You're not changed. That's why, when we're not walking with Him, we can just be as selfish as we ever were. We just, when we're not walking with Him, we go back to our old tricks of manipulating and and pressuring and pushing people uh, to achieve what we want and trying to make the world center around us. <clears throat> when we're not walking with Him, it, He said, "Listen." I will set you free. Come walk with me. And that's what he wants for you to do. Now, number three, we are to serve one another in love. Now, number three, can you put that up for me there? Um, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? They asked Jesus. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Now, let me ask you this morning, do you? That's pretty lofty, isn't it? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. You know, do you know it's not in your flesh to do that? It's impossible for you to do that in your flesh. You just can't do that. I mean, here's what happened: the, the New Testament is grace, and we say fantastic, wonderful. And almost, you know, without noticing, what happens for us is it comes in like it's a lesser law. The Old Testament was too hard, so Jesus simplified it for us. And he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, strength, and mind. But if you actually grapple with the reality of that, and, and the words have meaning. Jesus didn't say them for no reason. If you grapple with the reality of that, you know what? It's It's impossible. not able to do that oh listen I'm, I'm sure you have those moments when your heart soars Sunday morning is a great time you know <clears throat> there are those moments when we're singing the songs and I, and I hope it happens for you I know it happens for me when the song just catches you and lifts you because you're worshiping him I, I, I hope you have those moments but it's talking about who we are what we are—that we're supposed to love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Now, it should be easy because He's easy to love, and He's so good, and His blessings pour forth all the time in our lives. It should be easy, but the reality is, it's—it's it's not. Now, <clears throat> if that weren't difficult enough, Jesus then threw in a second one, right? <clears throat> This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What's he saying? Get these two down, and you got the whole lot. Get these two down, and you've got it. You're actually fulfilling the Old Testament law if you get these two down. But, but if the first is hard, oh, the second is nearly impossible, isn't it? I mean, yes, we could love God with all our hearts, all strength, and mind, because He's easy to love. And, but my neighbor, as myself, you, you know, they asked Jesus, "Who's your neighbor?" And Jesus said, "The guy that's in trouble, the guy that's by the side of the road." Oh no, man! I mean, you see, you see, even if we could do the vertical thing the horizontal one becomes next to impossible. In fact, it's hard for us to love even the people that are closest to us, isn't it? See, here's what happens. The closer the, closer the relationship in somebody's life, what often happens is, though, that's where the selfishness comes out. Because, you know, you get married, and why do you get married? You get married so somebody can serve you for the rest of their lives. Well, that's not what you say, but that's what you kind of feel, isn't it? This is going to be the answer. It's going to make you feel good for the rest of your life, and then you have kids because these wonderful kids—they listen—they're just going to make your life wonderful, and they're going to make it happy, uh, and, and they're going to want to do everything for you. Now, listen, today, children, you need to do everything for your mom. Sorry, right? you need to just make today, make it happen today. You need to—but that, that, that's not what happens generally in life, is it? And you see, uh, when it comes to loving people outside of that, we have a hard time. We have a difficult time. See, the problem with people is they don't serve very well. They won't serve you, will they? And our sin nature wants to be served. So what did God do for us? Did Jesus just switch it all around and change it from this laborious system of laws and take and put it in two, but we're just as hopelessly incapable of of keeping these two as we were of keeping all the rest of them? No, he did something entirely different. See, he looked at the Old Testament, too, and he knew he couldn't do it. And so he said, I'll make it different. I'll change it all. I'll make it possible for them to do if they're willing. I'll make it possible for them to actually be what I want them to be if they'll just be willing. Now, Now, how did he do that? Point number four, we have freedom to serve. We have freedom to serve. <clears throat> Romans 8.2. <clears throat> well, number four, Ephraim anyway. We have freedom to serve. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Now, this is really interesting Right? What God is doing is he's telling us this, and the law couldn't do it. The law was weak because of our flesh. Because, you know what, God knows us. God understands. God knows what we're like. He knows our inability. He knows the fact that you know, we're not able to do these things that he wants us to do. And so the, the law was weak through the flesh. So what God did was God made me free from the law of sin and death. Do, do you know, you can't make somebody love somebody else. It's impossible. Mothers, you've tried this, haven't you? When the kids are killing each other and they're, <clears throat> they're causing all kinds of trouble, you've, you've told them to get along, you've pressured them, you've put these, <clears throat> did everything you could to make them love each other. You can't, you can't actually legislate love. It's impossible. Love is something different than that. And love is something that's not in our natures, but do, do you know what God did? He made something possible that before was impossible. Let, let me ask you a question. And what want you to think about it. You don't need to answer me, right? Do you think I could lift 400 tons into the air? Impossible, isn't it? 400 tons? I mean, lifting a ton is impossible. 400 tons. Do you know that a jumbo jet, when it's full with passengers and baggage, weighs approximately 400 tons? Now, when I tell you that, you're going to have a hard time getting on the next one, aren't you? Uh, Because 400 tons not lifting off the ground very easily. But we have experience, and we've seen it happen. We've seen that plane go down the runway, and the pilot put his foot on the gas... And we've seen that thing miraculously lift off the earth and soar into the sky. See, the law of gravity says it can't happen. It's impossible. But the law of aerodynamics overcomes, if you like, the law of gravity, and it's able to fly. Now, here's what the point I'm making to you. you Listen, you and I can't love. It's not in us. We're too selfish. And you know, so, so, so what, we're, what we're faced with is, we're, we're, we're faced with the command to love <clears throat> one another that we can't keep. And God says, but listen, take my hand. I can make possible the impossible. I can bring you to the place where you can actually do it. I can bring you to the place where this can be real in your life. Now, now here's what we've got to do. We've got to put off the notion that we can by ourselves. We've got to recognize, I can't. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He only had a message for sinners. He, <clears throat> those that are whole, he said, need no physician. And he never helps us until we come to the end of ourselves and say, I can't. By love, serve one another. is a great idea a wonderful place to be. It's a wonderful thought. It's a wonderful aspiration, but I'm not able. When I, when I take the hand of the Savior, he overcomes the law of my sinful nature, and he works something out that's impossible in me. Just like the jumbo jet that's able to take off. Though it's got 400 tons sitting on it. I can love when I walk with him. It's not about me being better. See, if Jesus fixed us, and you and I were better, and we had a handle on this thing called love, and we can do the love thing. If, 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 you know what? We would reckon it was us. We would feel real good about ourselves. We would feel we were better than the rest, wouldn't we? But he doesn't. He says, take my hand. Walk with me. And I will enable you to love. I will enable you to love one another. I will enable you to be the church. I will enable you to love your spouse. I will enable you to love your children. I will enable you to love your parents. I will enable you to love that awkward boss. I will enable you to love that neighbor. I will enable you to do the impossible. Don't look for the possible in Christianity. Look for the impossible. If, you see, if, if you and I can do it, it's just religion. But when I can't, and I need him, and I hold his hand, he's able to do it in me. That's the, the miracle of Christianity. It was, it was never intended that you and I could do Christianity. Never. He said, walk in the Spirit. Take my hand. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk with me. And so do, 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 do you know what makes us different? It's not that we're better because we're none. Do you know what makes us different? Because when we walk with Him, He's working miracles around us. He's working miracles in us. He's changing how, what we expect from the world and he's putting a love in us where we're giving. And you know what's happening? Because we're walking with him, we're having our love tank filled and we're okay. And you can love the unlovable. And you can reach out beyond yourself because you're walking with him. I want you to consider the church for a second. Lifegate Bible Baptist Church, any church you like. What you what you get is a bunch of sinners from all walks of life, from all nationalities, from all kinds of pasts and experiences and everything else, and you bring them all together, and Jesus says, Now by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if you have love one to another. You know what? If it wasn't Jesus speaking, you'd think it was a joke, wouldn't you? Because it's totally impossible. But he says, I know it's impossible for you. Walk with me. And I make the impossible possible. Walk with me and I enable you to do that which is not in your nature. Now that's wonderfully freeing. You see, what we said when we opened up was, for brethren, you've been called on to liberty. Do you know the bondage of trying to love out of your broken flesh? It's just more than we can bear. The bondage of trying to do right and keep right and, and be right is more than you can bear. But the liberty that comes when you take his hand and walk with him and it's him in you and you in him and you're walking in the spirit and there are things happening and you're saying, whoa, is that really me? no it wasn't really you it was him through you and as long as you hold on to his hand so to speak as long as you walk with him what you're going to find is that miracles just fall out that's Christianity that's what he wanted for you that's what he meant it to be not just you listen that's impossible and he knew it was impossible he never expected you to he said, Walk with me. I'll, I'll, I'll work it out. You, you just watch what happens when you walk with me. And that's why there can be such a dramatic change. When you sin or when you get bent out of shape with God and you're not walking with Him anymore, all of a sudden, you're back to your old self. Because your old self didn't change. What changed you was you're walking with Him. But you know, the Bible says this. The Bible says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. What does that mean? That means he will always be there. So when you get it wrong, you can get it right again. When you get it wrong, you confess it and listen, he will cleanse it like it never happened. Walk with him and miracle hap- miracles happen. All right, let me close. Two more. So what are you going to do with it? Receive the gift. That's what you gotta do, isn't it? The Bible says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Let's just focus on love for a second. I heard somebody say this recently, that it really caught my attention. He said, what do You don't need to do with the fruit of the spirit. Just take it whenever you need it. Just reach out and take it. So you find yourself in a situation where love is impossible. So what do you do? You reach out and you say, Lord, your love. And you take his love. And you let his love flow through you. Receive the gift. If you're his child, the impossible is possible when you walk with him. Just receive the gift. If you're not his child, there's still a gift available to you. He wants it all for you too. Receive the gift of salvation. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to as many as believed on his name. You know, we heard testimonies, and they weren't, <clears throat> for, for the most part, salvation testimonies, but all those people could have given a testimony of salvation. And here where the testimony of salvation would be. I was a sinner, and I found out because the Spirit of God brought conviction that my sin was going to take me to hell. But somebody showed me that Jesus died for me. And they said if I would receive the gift, he would save me. And so I did. And he saved me, and he changed me. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, he would do it for you today. You come visiting on the anniversary. You come visiting on Mother's Day. He would do it for you today. He would save you if you would call out to him. I know you're going to say it's too easy. Don't don't I need to understand a lot more? Don't I need to know the Bible? Don't I need to understand creation? And and uh." no, you don't. You just need to understand you're a sinner. You need a savior. There's only one Savior, Jesus Christ. You call out to Him. Trust Him. Depend upon Him and He will save you. And you'll be amazed. It's a miracle. It's not about you or what you can do. It's about Him working in and through you. So if you're not saved, get saved. If you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, I can't, I'm not able, I can't live this Christian life, I can't do this love thing, I can't, I can't you know, <clears throat> don't water it down, don't change it up, don't make it different, don't, don't give yourself an excuse card. Say, Lord, I can't, I'm not able. But Lord, you said, if I walked with you, I would be able. Now, Lord, I'm walking with you. And you know what the Bible says? Draw nigh unto him and he will draw an eye unto you. That if you would make that your heart this morning and you would draw nigh to him, he would draw nigh to you and he would make it real in your life. Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. So sinner or saint, it doesn't matter. The answer is all the same. You come to him by faith to do what you can't do and only he can do. Let's stand for prayer. It's his church, but we are the church. And so, what we have this morning is we have uh, testimonies of how Lifegate has affected people. And Jeff, you've got the mic there. Um, it's going to be Trevor first of all. So, Trevor, wherever you are there, Jeff, give, give, give you just stand where you are, Trevor, and give your testimony of your work. Good
1: morning, everyone. Four years ago, I came to Lifegate Baptist Church, and I've never looked back. It means the world. Jesus means the world to me. Ever since I was saved, um, I've noticed a big difference in myself, and I've noticed a difference in everyone around me, and the love from this church is incomparable, and the people in it are just so beautiful and welcome them. The first person I ever met in this is, in the church was is my best friend. My brother in Christ is Mr. Daly, and um, he welcomed me we love and arms, and Pastor welcomed me as one of his children. And I'm just so grateful and thankful for Pastor and his wife, Val. Um, there's no other place where I'd rather be but just here with all of you. Praise Jesus. Amen.
2: And
0: Sarah Perez, you are next. Would you just stand? Yeah, there he is over there. We want to give you some exercise this morning, Jeff. So we, we planned them around.
2: Hi. Good morning, everyone. My experience coming into LifeGate Baptist Church has been since last year, it was the Easter Sunday. And we, we had just recently moved to a place called Balikulan without having much knowledge about the area. So we just Google the church. And I must appreciate whoever does the digital things for the church. It's really helpful. So we found a church called LifeGate Baptist Church. And for us, personally, me, it was just come in for once off, like as I was do- doing previously. But since coming to that Easter Sunday, there has been no turning back. Every week I feel like there is hunger for me, for the word of God, and people have been so wel- welcoming, especially pastor and his family. They've been so welcoming, like regardless of different cultures, but in Christ we are one. We just feel like one family. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like great to be coming here every week. Yeah. Thank you very much for your amen. support.
0: So, amen. And Job, you are next. I did see Job.
3: Hi. Uh, good morning, everyone. So my name is Job, and I am from the Philippines. So just to give you a short trivia of, uh, or a small trivia of what the Philippines is. So basically, it's uh, the only um, country in Asia who proclaims to be a Christian nation. So uh, I've um, transferred here to Ireland um, more than a year ago. Um, I never really expected the Lord to bring me here where in, basically when you um, take up your own cross and start following him, he can basically bring you anywhere. Mm-hmm. And one thing's for sure is that um, as he takes you um, to a different land, a different place, a foreign land, where you basically don't know anything, he will never leave you nor forsake you. And mm-hmm. um, as he led me here to LifeGate, and... Um, where, um, well, he didn't basically um, uh, separated my spirit and directly um, lead me here. But it was, uh, yeah, it was through Google as well where I found um, LifeGate. And yes, it, is, it was a very informative site. And as I studied uh, or researched on the church, um, that's where I felt um, comfort. And I know that I'll be protected because um, I know that I have a refuge here in Ireland, and which is here in LifeGate. And yeah, uh, like um, some of the testimonies where uh, you feel the comfort, the love um, of uh, the members... And especially how the leaders have been a perfect example of what um, a servant leader is. It inspires me more to serve the Lord and basically continue on fulfilling his great commission. And yeah, thank you. Thank
0: you, Joe. Um, Esther is next. Esther, where are you?
4: Praise the Lord. Um, when I first came to LifeGate, I was moving from a different county and... Can you hear me? Yeah? All right. <laughs> I was moving from a different county. I was moving from Kildare and to Dublin and I was looking for a church that I can call home. And it needed to be that kind of a place that was permanent for me. Uh, in terms of fellowship and so somebody said there are churches in Tala Village and so I decided to start with the farthest which was Lifegate and when I came here I remember we used to meet upstairs in Sunday school and pastor preached on that day he preached the, on the message of grace and I didn't need to go anywhere else to me that was a confirmation that I'm in the right place so I made up my mind that this is going to be my home fellowship Now, this is about 10 years ago or so. And since then, I have been so blessed. I have grown under the word that is taught here. I have grown through the testimonies of people that, you know, just seeing the power of God, working in different people, the way they come in and go through so much, and the testimonies they give. And on top of that, um, coupled with the testimonies, the work that people do, I have learned what true ministry or religion, true religion is, according to James 1 and verse 27, people work in the in the vineyard people work in the body of Christ and to me that has really ministered to me and Also, the other blessing that I have had since I came here is my children have been taught the message of salvation because that Mm -hmm. is what is taught here. They are not just given old Bible stories. Oh, Uncle Noah, he was swallowed by a fish and all that. It is really, really true message of salvation, the truth, and that's just what it is. And so for that, my children are born again now because they have learned the truth, and that is a blessing that I cannot even quantify. So I really, really thank God for the word and the fellowship that has that has been in this church. I have also matured spiritually. You know to a point that I have come out of myself and asked God, what can I do in the vineyard? And God has been so faithful. He has anointed my prayer life to a point that I can even pray for others. That has to be God and to him be all the glory. I thank God for that.
0: Thank you Esther and Monica.
5: Hi, um, when, when I got this question, first time, uh, what is LifeGate for me? I asked the Lord, Lord, let me say the essence, what is, what, what is most important. Um, and he let me open the word, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God, and I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. But I'm like a green olive tree in the house of God. And I said, God, this is exactly what I feel. This, this word touched my heart so much because God let me illustrate why I am here. Um, when I came here first time, it was almost two years no, two years ago, yes, yeah, seven, seven, 2017, September, I, I felt like I came from nowhere. Because it was just an early time when my mom died. And I lost mom, I lost house, I lost, um, I felt like I lost my roots and I lost my past. And then, um, and then I lost my Polish community, my church, which, um, where I belong to here um, in, in Ireland. And I felt, okay, I got what now? But I got the promise, everything will be new now. And when I came here first time, the first words, what I heard from pastor was, we are here in broken world. We are not at home yet. And I felt, okay, so far I'm here. And I will live here. And I can say again, but I'm like a green olive tree in the house of God. And you became like my family. um, And even... And and it's so important for me because when I felt like my past is gone where I go. But here in this church, Pastor, almost every Sunday let us see the heaven. And we are very... And this church, I love the most because it's very heaven-oriented. And we all know where we go. And we know where we come from. Because our... Um, identities in Christ and this is what I feel here so much by your heart and I want really thank you to, to Pastor and to Val and for, for loving kind and for my friends for Christine, for Esther for Lucy, for everyone for Hugh, for Hugh who became like grandfather for my Sarah thank you so much for that um, I like to be like a green olive tree In the house of God, I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. And thank you so much for this privilege. And I'm a very, very thank you to God that you are like a family.
0: Thank you, Monica. And we are all different nationalities. And God has brought us together because you know what? In him we're one. And we're going, to be, we're going to spend eternity together uh, with him. Thank you for those testimonies. for those, uh, And there could be many others, too, and many others over the years, how God has taken and God has used the church. We need to remember that the church is his. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's bigger than any of us. It's his church. He's doing a work. And may he keep a church here uh, until the day Jesus comes. If you're visiting with us this morning, we'd love you to become part of us, uh, become part of the church here. Um, there is a, a connection card somewhere in one of the chairs in front of you. Please fill it out before you go. Give it to one of the ushers or put it in the offering. Uh, we'd like to be a help to you if we possibly can. But we'd like to, uh, to become part of us uh, and, and to be blessed uh, here at Life. like